Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, which we like to say is an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I have the tremendous honor of hosting you here at The Messy Table, a faith-fueled conversation-style podcast that happens to unleash a brand new story of hope every other Tuesday. And back with me as my co-host is the fabulous Cindy Beal. But before we tell you about our guests for today, if you don't already know, in addition to locking arms with some incredibly brave women from all over the world, we are also partnered with our church, Life Church, where our husbands are both on staff. And last week, our women's ministry actually hosted an online event pioneered by our very own Amy Groeschel, where she straight up challenged us and encouraged us to rise up and stand firm in the face of life's trials. And who isn't facing a trial here in 2020? One thing I scribbled down was, we can still rejoice because our pain has purpose. And we know that the testing of our faith is doing something. It's making us more like Jesus. So that message has been archived for your listening, watching convenience, and we'll have it all linked up in the conversation notes for super easy access. Well, many of us have heard the story of Joseph in the Bible. He was one of 12 brothers. Yes, the same brothers who eventually became the 12 tribes of Israel. But as a kid, Joseph was kind of a cocky little guy, sharing these dreams he'd have where his brothers were bowing down to him. And not only did they not like that, but they were over Joseph being their dad's obvious favorite. However, they took their frustrations too far. And in a bout of anger, they sold him. They sold him to absolute strangers. Yet, after spending years in slavery in prison in a foreign land, Joseph was elevated to second in power, a highly respected position, just under Pharaoh. And y'all, he ends up saving his entire family, brothers included, from a devastating famine. And it's like, whoa, what happened here? How did this all work out? Well, in his famous speech of forgiveness, Joseph tells his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many. Now, how does God do such a thing with His ultimate sovereignty, but also the free will He's given us? We don't exactly know, but He works in mysterious ways. But we do know that our God, the God of creation, the God of the Bible, He gives crowns of beauty for ashes. He makes crimson sin as white as snow. And He even uses something like the horribly murderous crucifixion of Jesus to save the lives of those who don't even deserve it. James 1.13 tells us that God cannot be tempted with evil, and He Himself tempts no one. And we also know from other scriptures that He cannot lie, He cannot sin, He can't not be holy and good. Yet in His infinite knowledge, in His bottomless resources, and the fact that He exists outside of time, He is weaving His mercies into the messes of life. And guys, that is exactly why we are so stinking pumped for you to hear from our amazing guest for episode 89. Liz Marin is a worship-loving, salsa-dancing, truth-speaking pastor's wife and mama of two with a powerful story worth telling. Y'all, she wants you to know that God does not make mistakes. He can even repurpose evil for good. So get ready, grab that coffee, pull up a chair, and join Cindy and me for a chat with Liz. 
it's a good day when I get to be in the same room with Cindy Beal what? and Miss Liz. So, um, Liz, welcome to the messy table. Thank you. Liz, thank we you. are so excited you're here. Woo-hoo. For the people who are listening, you and I have been friends for 10 years because mm-hmm. that's when you guys came on staff and yeah. at Life Church. You and Pastor Sam. So, just um, vets. Yeah, pros. Just pros, like legitimately the real deal. If there's anybody, it's these two for sure. So, tell us a little bit about you, uh, your life, family, ministry. Just something to give us a little idea of who is Liz Marin? Who is Liz Marin? Well, let's see here. I am a California girl. I was born and raised in L.A., Los Angeles. I was raised there by my single mama. I went to school there my whole life. I am a single child. I'm the only child. Uh, what else? I love to ride bikes. Of course, the beach. We got married at the beach, oh, Sam and I. Yeah. So uh, what else is fun so about So tell me. You met Sam at a young age, right? I did. In California. In California. His parents at the time were pastors, and we were in the same ministry, just different campus per se. And I've known Sam since I was 12. Wow. Yeah. Fast forward, it's a senior prom. And I go to prom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was seeing that prom picture, date. I think, has circulated yeah. Instagram before. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Every May 1st or 4th, you know. Yeah. It's, it's... worthy of a post. I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> yeah. great Do you stuff. remember the very first time you met him or was it kind of just a blur of 12 year old whatever? I think it's a blur because he's a PK. I'm a church kid and it's just in the midst of everything. You know, I remember seeing him at youth events and yeah, I. I would fall in love on the beach in California, too. Just for fun, because that's awesome. (laughs) Also, what people may not know is Liz has an amazing voice. Well, she has led worship over the years and been on worship teams. And tell us about that journey. That's fun. I've, yes, I have been in worship involved with music forever. Um, my mom was a singer. She was a worship leader. And she was that lady who would sing a special. I don't know if you, right. if you grew up special in church. Yeah, I yes. did. Southern okay. Baptist girl right yes. here. Yes. So, so special right. music. Yeah, she's like, today we have Sister Maria. And she's right. bringing in a special song. So oh, that's nice. I remember sitting there watching my mom lead worship. So, yes, worship is a big part of my life. I led worship at our church in California. I was a worship leader there. Um, and I did do some worship here in Life Church. And I love it. Love, love and worship. And kids. I have kids. I have Rex, who is 10. Audrey is just turned eight. Um, Rex is my California baby. Audrey is the Okie. She's yeah. the Okie, and she's proud of it. She's proud of that yeah. Okie. Oh, yeah, she yeah, is. Sure. Those are my babies. Aww. Yeah, and um, we're going on. I want to get this right. 18 years now of marriage. Oh, wow. What year did you get married? Oh, good question. Okay. I can't even think about it right now. 2002, maybe? Yes. Okay, yes. see, you're good. Okay. 18. But how okay. long together? Oh, now well, I tell your age. We yeah, don't have to do that. I know, right? No, I don't care. <laughs> Sam Marin's um, been in your life longer than he hasn't. That's the big yes, thing, right? Yes. Yes, you're right. So that's crazy. Yeah. Going, going. This is the one time that I wish a podcast was actually video so that you could show us how to salsa dance. Oh, right. <laughs> it, would it be salsa dancing or? <laughs> yeah. See, that's another, dancing. that's another fun part about me. I just act a fool when I'm dancing. I pretend I know what I'm doing. Then again, I am Latin, so my hips don't lie. You know, I just, I, just, <laughs> I got to move. Hey, that's move. the title of this podcast. That's right. Her hips don't lie. My hips don't lie. Oh, that might be a little provocative. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we do a triple date? Like, I really want to go dancing, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just have fun. Honestly, have fun. you just need to follow the two of them mm-hmm. on Instagram. I, I, Sam I, I know. They're probably, always having so much fun. You can learn the lessons. 
just by watching just, them, yeah, just you know, just follow the super step fun. By step. Yeah. Are your kids pretty good dancers? They, they, it's, they in, it's in their blood. Oh. It's, it's in their blood. So yeah, my little girl. Oh goodness. We need to watch out for her. Hips. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> so tell us a little bit um, about your journey at Life Church. You came on this team at 2010. You and Sam. Yes. Our journey is, it's such a good story. I'm going to try to wrap it up. Um, when we were pastoring in California, Sam was pastoring and also working, yeah, you know, at a Christian mm-hmm. credit union. By vocational. Yes. And um, we needed help because it's hard to run a church and, you know, work. So Sam found Life Church and he found all this free stuff that Life Church was giving oh, away. I love that. And we, he downloaded everything. Um, he says, Oh, I downloaded it all before Life Church found out we were taking all their stuff for free and we used it. And we like to say we Life Churched up our church back mm-hmm. in California. He also reached out to Life Church just for mentorship. And at the time, someone did reach out and helped him and just, you know, spoke life into him. And they connected on social media. Um, Fast forward, you know, months later, Sam goes on a business trip. And I went on this business trip with him to Atlanta, Georgia for a conference. And through social media, we noticed this guy was there. And he said, are you here? And Sam said, I'm here too. We met for dinner. After that dinner, this guy said, you need to email Jerry Hurley. And you Mm -hmm. need to tell me to talk to me. And so Sam did right away. Next thing you know, Jerry's emailing Sam. We're doing a a video interview. And next thing we know, we're flying for the interview process. And before we leave Oklahoma, we get that phone call, you know, and it's Sam Roberts. Before you leave Oklahoma? Like after, so during, after the interview, the interview 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 ended, it was day three. We're, we're on our way driving to the airport and the phone rings and Sam literally says, do I answer? And I said, yes. <laughs> and then we pull over to the gas station and I just hear Sam just look at him nodding. Going, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. Hangs up. And he looks at me and he says, I got it. I got the job. <laughs> and I just start bawling and crying. And my wonderful, amazing husband, you know what he said? He said, I don't have to take the job if you don't want me to. And I told him, no. The moment that plane landed in Oklahoma City, God said, this is your city. Really? So I knew, I knew through the entire interview process, God was already speaking to me. That's so, so great. So wow. there wow. we were, 2010. So a couple, how, how long you were at South? A couple years? We maybe? started at South Oklahoma City, I, I believe two years. Yeah. And then we had the opportunity to pastor Life Church Midwest City for eight years. And just recently... For the last four weeks, we have been at Live Church Edmond. Yes. Yeah. Moved over to the broadcast location. For those who don't know, that is where Pastor Craig preaches from. So Pastor Sam and Liz are literally um, getting to link arm in arm with Pastor Craig and Amy and kind of honored, humbled. And it's awesome. Yeah. Ten years later, we're like still pinching ourselves. How did we get here? Yeah. Mm. It's all God. Yeah. 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 When I have lunch with her. The same thing always comes up. I just still can't believe we get to do this. <laughs> mm. So that's there's just such a purity in those two that I just adore. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Liz. Well, we know there are some awesome messes in life, like cooking a delicious meal or raising kids or starting a business. And then there's also some tough messes, right? Mm. And so obviously this is the messy table. And we would just love to know what's something in your life that has been messy? Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe it's hard. Maybe it's kind of all of the above, right? Yeah. yeah. That you could share with us. Oh, my word. I know this is called the messy table, but I think it's called the messy table chair, sofa, ottoman in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the way I was raised is 
chaotic and messy and all for the glory of God, honestly. Um, I was raised by a single mama. Mm -hmm. And um, the story begins with my mom finding Christ in her hometown. And she's from Mexico. And there is a Christian campaign going on over there. And um, that's where she found Christ. And she accepted Jesus Christ as her Savior. She um, experienced persecution a lot in, in Mexico from being a follower of Christ. And um, she decided to come to the States and continue her faith freely. And during that time, you know, it's absolutely difficult as an immigrant just to come to somewhere new mm -hmm. and try to make it on your own. So, I mean, that just goes to show you how the beginnings of my roots were messy, messy, messy. Sure. The story of my mom goes on to say that, you know, she arrives to the States. She finds herself in a scenario where it's a crowded house, a lot of people, other people in the same life scenario, um, even strangers in the home. She tells me stories about she's had to sleep in the restroom, you know, because the house was so crowded. Um, hey, during, you could turn a tub into a pretty comfy place. That's right? true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good shelter, too. Yeah. For tornadoes is what I've learned here in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So my mom, you know, she persevered through it all. And she just trusted that God that she experienced back in Mexico. She continued to pursue and trust in him and and just lean on him. And she knew something good was going to happen. You know, mm. she just continued and continued to seek God through it all. But it got messier. It did get messier. Um, during this time, this single lady experienced a tragic event in this home. Um, my mom did experience um, sexual abuse. And out of that sexual abuse, um, she became pregnant. Mm. Yes. Wow. She became pregnant. So at that moment, we are now facing a single, alone, pregnant woman. You know, And I reached out to my mom before this podcast just to revisit conversations. And when we revisited this conversation, she said, you know, honey, I became pregnant with you. But the word of God says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Man. Mm. And that's just a confirmation that God was in the works, even in this messy, messy mess. You know, what the enemy tried to use as a defeat for this woman, you know, was used as a victory now. What the enemy tried to do was gain her soul. You know, but little did he know that he lost a soul. Mm. And not only did he lose a soul, but the heavens okay. gained yes. a child of God. That's, and that is me. You know, good. and I want to be that type of woman, like strong, independent, uh, powerful woman of God that my mom is at. Not only do the heavens know about her, but hell knows about mm. her too. That when she walks into a room, the enemy is just shaking in his boots because mm. there's a victory story to so tell good. here from this messy, messy event. Wow. Yeah, so that is the beginning of how I became. Wow. I remember hearing this the first time and uh, just tell us about the story of when your mom was at church with you dedicating mm -hmm. you. So obviously mm -hmm. she went through the pregnancy, had you started raising you, she was in the church. Tell, mm -hmm. tell us about mm -hmm. that because that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. And, and just to give you a little feedback to get to that point, I mean, there's so much to tell, you know, that my mom went through being pregnant, being just rejected and, and even looked upon like back in the days in the eighties and mm -hmm. even still now, but the truth wasn't out there. Mm. So my mom went through all this um, by herself yeah. and she's still holding on and grasping on to God and being faithful. And um, the and time came putting labels on her. Exactly. And yeah. And, and that's what she had to put up with. And there was even a couple in our church 
that they really cared for me and they weren't able to conceive children. And my mom tells me the story that they would ask her. They would say, just give her to us. We'll raise her for you. She won't have to need anything. You know, she'll have everything she wants. Just give her to us. And my mom would, you know, tell herself, no, this is my child. This is my kid. I'm not giving her away. And this couple, they wanted the best for me. They became my godparents. And there's this image that I have and this picture I have of my uh, mom on stage, the pastor's wife, who's the main pastor. They're on stage and my godparents holding me. And my mom on stage, and they're dedicating me. And my mom is just broken. And she says, God, I don't have a husband. I don't have anything to offer this girl. Help me. And she says, I give this child to you, God. Mm -hmm. I give her to you, and you do your will with her. Let her life bring glory to your kingdom, God. And when she said that, it was like, the prayers of a mama, oh, that authority and that mm. power from a mom declaring a child Man. to be his, you know, so it all makes sense now. It makes sense. It, it probably didn't at the time Mm-mm. growing up in L.A. I walked through, if you look up L.A., South Central L.A., exactly, it's, it's the top cities, the most dangerous cities to live in. And as a single mom, my mom could not hire a babysitter. So here I was, eight, nine, 10 year old walking home alone to school and there's crime happening left and right. When I look back, I think of like the lady who just got robbed in front of me of the shoplifter running out of the liquor store. And these are all memories I have now that I think, oh my word, you know, God, Hmm. you were protecting me. I was coming and going, you know, because of the way I was raised. I've seen a lot, seen it all. Mm -hmm. And and lived a really harsh life. But God was there. His word mm-hmm. said, you know, coming and going, his protection is there all the time. And it all makes sense now because God heard my mom's prayer and he used me. And there's so much to tell like, go on and on of so much that I had to put up with as the daughter of a single mama. But I'm here to tell that victory story that it's going to yeah. get better. Yeah. It's going to get better for the single mamas. And you just have to grasp onto his strength, grasp onto his trust. And for the mamas and, and the dads out there, you know, the best thing you can do for your child is keep them in church. Mm. Keep bringing them to church. I even rebelled at the age of, I call it the eighth grade phase. <laughs> it's when you're in grade yeah, Tell 14. us about rebellious Liz. Rebellious mm. Liz. Oh, my word. So right around 14 is when, you know, I, I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. And right around that age is when I want to do what the kids are doing, what the cool kids are doing. You know, I want to hang out with them. And I would rebel and did not want to go to church. And um, my mom put that fear of God in me (laughs) and she would walk out of the house and and she said, you better be following me when I step out of that door. Sure enough, I would be walking out that door with her. And I do not regret that. Mm. I do not regret that, that she just, you know, invested in me and brought me to church regardless if I wanted to or not. Even if she had to pull you along just a little bit. Even if she had to drag me out. That's right. Yeah. And that's the best thing you can do as a single parent. Just bring your kids to church. Surround them with godly people. Mm-hmm. Um, just worship. I know people read and and I'm not a reader. And I'm going to speak to all the ones that are out there listening to me like, yay, I'm not a reader too. <laughs> but I am a worshiper. Mm-hmm. I play worship in my house all the time. And I'm just listening to the word of God through music. Yeah. And that's what my mom did. And if it wasn't for that woman, the strongest woman of God in my life, I would not be here today. Mm-hmm. I would not be here today. 
So we're getting like a double whammy today because we're hearing your story, but we're also hearing part of your mom's story. And I love when you said that this is where my story really began with your mom back in Mexico, whenever she first heard about Christ and trusted in him as her savior. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to go back to this topic that's really messy of you being a product basically of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. That's tough. It is. And so what was that like when you found that out? Like, how did you process? Give us some more backstory on that. So I've always um, known about this. And like I said earlier, I revisited this conversation with my mom and it was just a confirmation. And to be honest with you, truly honest with you, I've never, even to the moment, felt like I was an accident. Never, mm. ever. Because I did grow up with someone physically, a male figure, not being there. But God was my father. Mm. God was our provider. Mm -hmm. God was my mom's husband. Mm -hmm. God was our doctor. God was our friend. So when we revisited that conversation, it was just a confirmation that there was a purpose, just mm. like that verse is, that according to his purpose, yes, there is a purpose for everything that is happening in my life. I'm here to say to, you know, that single mom or that child, you are not a burden. You are not a burden to your mama or your daddy. So you are not a burden. You are a blessing. That's right. And I've had those conversations with a couple of kids who their mamas and their dads, they're just being raised by a single parent that, you know, they, they do feel that they are not a burden. They are a blessing to their parents. Mm. And that's just the way I was raised by my strong mama. So in my personal life, it didn't affect me as much. And I believe it has to do with the fact that God was always the center of our life. Mm. Yeah. I just heard a story about a dog that kept digging holes in these people's backyard and just kept digging holes. They put the dirt back, keep digging holes. And finally, they decided to just start planting trees. And mm -hmm. I love that. Yes, that's good. What the enemy could use for evil, not saying dogs are in me, but, you know, <laughs> God can bring life out of and he can redeem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like I said earlier, the enemy might have thought in any other human, if you think about any other woman, at this point, you just renounce your faith. Mm -hmm. You just give up and you say, God, where are you in all this? You know, but not my mom. She continued to to seek and trust the Lord in this process. That's and that's what I grasp onto too. Like in this journey where finding out this mess, you know, I know that God was in this process. God was in the works of this, mm. that God orchestrated my life mm -hmm. entirely up to this point to who am I? You know, I think about that all the time. Who am I to be in this position? Who am I to be a pastor's wife for Life Church? I just look back at my childhood and I think, who would have thought that child from South Central LA would be here today? Well, God did. Mm -hmm. yeah. God did. So that's so good. Yeah. Man, there's just so much. Like, I think it's amazing that you're sharing your story and then you're preaching. Yeah. <laughs> like in the very next sentence, Girl. you're just preaching. You're just sharing the truth from God's mm -hmm. word. And, and that's just a testament, obviously, to the power of God and the power of God in your mom. Mm -hmm. um, and I know she's probably listening. So I just want yeah. to say hello, Maria. Hey, Hola, Maria. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing your daughter with the world. Um, so anyway, that's mm -hmm. to your mom. But well, and most people would have no clue. You look at this stunning, gorgeous, yeah. amazing mama, pastor's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
dancer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not like just she learned us, that in LA. Right. So she did, I did LA, it. not Oklahoma. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit more about just the journey and and what God has shown you and the perspective you've been given and all those good yeah. things. You know, my mama and she she's on her own and she tells me stories about how just as an independent woman trying to raise this child, people came from all sorts of angles and criticism as well as um, people just trying to marry her off. Right. They were like, you know, you need to get yourself a husband. Right. You know? um, and there's probably a lot of single women listening or single men who are probably like, leave us alone. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's what you yes. want. Yeah. Like if you're single out there and you're a single mama or daddy, it's like, you don't need to just marry out of necessity. Right. You need to allow God to bring in that correct person for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that Craig says? Single is still a whole number. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, my word. Let's look at single not as a adjective or even a noun. Let's look at single as as a verb. Try to think about how God singled you out and selected oh, you. So he picked you to raise this kid, mm. you know, in a strong, powerful way. He singled you out, called you to just walk through this journey with this baby and bring him to the Lord. He singled you out and called you to be present you know, for the life of this child right now. So good. So look at that perspective yeah. for a moment. So you talk about coming from humble beginnings, which is obviously what we've just heard. So how does now where you are, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are serving with one of the greatest pastors and communicators that this century has ever known. But yeah, you started out in East Central LA. Yeah. Yeah. With the way you were brought into this world and the hardship that you endured, mm-hmm. how does that give you the capacity, uh, besides obviously God's power in you, but like how does that give you the perspective and capacity to minister to all the people around you that are, some are hurting and it's obvious mm-hmm. and some are, you know, yes. it's not as obvious. Yes. Um, you know, that that's a weapon that I can use my upbringing. It's also, it could be, Sometimes, you know, the enemies, he's such a liar and he he'll bring up my background. He'll bring up my humble beginnings. He could even bring up the way I was conceived to try to bring me down. Mm-hmm. And I, I can focus on that and say, how am I going to reach people? You know, like you just described, Cindy. But I heard a very wise woman that is sitting right here in front of me say, people are people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody poops. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm saying that. Okay. That's ginger. So you said people are good. And those are very wise words too, Jen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we tell our kids that. Yes, I, mean, I do. I know it sounds silly, yes, but yes. celebrities or yeah. We're all humans. And I'm able to embrace all of my life experience and remember that suffering, that pain that my mom went through and I went through and just look at God's people now. And say, I've been there. Mm. I've struggled with that. I could understand. And this is how I got through it. Mm -hmm. And I probably don't even understand why I went through it. But I know there's a purpose. And that purpose is for me to be here today to tell you you're going to get through it too. That's good. Yeah. It makes me think, don't discount people. You know, and I think of Hagar in the Bible, who was basically a single mom and sent off on her own with her son. I think of Rahab, who's known as a prostitute, but really like 
She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Right, mm-hmm. right. So. But nobody wakes up and goes, I want to be a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Like, what was she born into or forced into? Mm-hmm. And the woman at the well and just so many biblical stories, obviously. And then mm-hmm. all of us who could easily be discounted for one reason or another mm-hmm. grew up on this side mm-hmm. of the tracks or made this poor decision or mm-hmm. was born into some situation. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, God uses ordinary and unlikely people. Yes. There is a reason why we read these stories in the Bible. The Bible isn't a book that we just open and read all happy endings. Mm -hmm. No, there's a reason why God placed those specific struggles that mess in the word, Mm -hmm. you know, for us to read and take it in and say, they made it through thousands of years ago. I'm going to make it today, Mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 2020, man. (laughs) Right. Well, and also just to say, like, sometimes I think as humans, we think, oh, no one's ever gone through this. I'm the only person Mm -hmm. who's Mm -hmm. I mean, our stories are all laced throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's brokenness from day one yeah. that we read. And so we are not the beginning of our own issue. Someone else faced it years and yes. centuries and millenniums ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think that that's encouragement that we can pull from God's word, mm-hmm. just like you said, is that we are um, we are just walking a path. Well, we say it all the time, but it's basically the overarching theme of the entire Bible and our lives that God's at work in the mess. Yeah. And it's not just some cliche thing we could put on a coffee mug, although maybe we should make coffee mugs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm I'm but yeah. it's true. So obviously you're someone who just glows with hope. Tell us, what are some things that you've learned because of your experience that you can just pass on to all of us? Well, as far as hope, the only thing I can think of right now is um, just look at me. Look at me right now and listen to me, for those of you. <laughs> um, I would have never in my life imagined that God can use me. Mm-hmm. Never. What one would have said, you were not planned, mm. you know, but God did plan. Mm. You know, God did have a plan through this whole journey. So if you can just look at me and listen to me, my story of my struggles, the journey I had to go through, the the humble beginnings, being raised by a single mom, all her struggles, the obstacles, and yet look at me now. And this is not to glorify me, but it's to glorify the name of Jesus, of what he can do mm. with a single individual. So there is hope. Yeah. There is hope for you. You're not alone. If you feel like you, or you've made mistakes or you are a mistake, God uses the imperfect in every way. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those examples. Nothing's too far for him. No, not at all. Let's get in the weeds just a little bit because I'm thinking about some, say, kids that I know. Maybe they're my kid's age mm-hmm. or... I've met them at church or whatnot. Um, That was you. Mm -hmm. So what people in your life, other than your mom and your Mm -hmm. godparents, whether it was a teacher, Sunday school teacher, Mm -hmm. um, a stranger, a neighbor, who are some people when you look back on those memories that invested in you along the journey? Yeah. I'm going to go back to a little bit of the beginning of just how God would just place those right people. Um, There was a time after my mom kept moving, we moved all the time and she was looking for a church and she found a flyer and it's an invitation to a church. And she called the number, the pastor's wife answered and she said, Oh, I'll pick you up. And we started going to church with her and eventually actually moved in with her in the minister's home. Mm. Um, and this woman, she became my first grandmother and grandpa, grandpa James and grandma Anna. Makes me want to cry. And then, yeah. So my first grandparents were pastors. It's just 
mind-blowing that from the very, very, very beginning, mm-hmm. God was already investing in me. Mm-hmm. This is Grandpa James and Grandma Anna, and they they came into our lives and they invested in my childhood. They literally invested in my childhood. My mom did not know how to raise a kid. <laughs> I mean, there were so many accidents. She tells me that Grandma Anna would yell at me like, oh my gosh, she's about to fall. It would pick me up. Or <laughs> it's just so many tragic events. There's this young woman. She doesn't know how to be a mama. But here we are, Liz being raised by pastors at the age of one and two and three. How old was your mom when she got pregnant with you? She was 21. Okay. 21. Yeah. And she came to Christ when she was 18. Yeah. So she came to the States already a believer and persisted and persisted in her faith through it all. So Liz, I can't quit thinking about what label you gave yourself, called yourself a church kid. (laughs) Um, I'm a church kid, I guess, if that's what that means. You go to church pretty much. I mean, I can't remember really a time in my life where I didn't go to church Mm -hmm. always. Even when I wasn't really walking with Christ, I was still going to church. And, you know, unfortunately, there are people with a lot of church baggage, maybe don't have as positive of an outlook on church as maybe say you and I have. But I will say that there is something powerful about taking your kids to church. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean you've got your life all together. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't make bad choices. It just means that you are choosing to be in a group of individuals who are hopefully like-minded and worshiping the one true God and learning in a corporate setting. And, you know, in this year of 2020, Mm -hmm. this habit that maybe a lot of families had has kind of gone by the wayside. Some of it's based out of fear and some of it is just, again, we've created a habit of one time we were going to church and now we have a habit of not going to church. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I hear from you is that there's such value in making church a regular part of your life, even when you don't feel like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not some religious act to try to earn God's love, mm-hmm. but just to build your spirit mm-hmm. and to help you to continue to grow. Because I think, Liz, or do you ever think, let me ask that, do you ever think, where would I have been if, if my mom hadn't taken me to church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would not be here today. Can you imagine that? I would not be here today. Um, You're so right with the way we're raising our kids, um, the environment. So it made me think of like little nine, 10 year old is walking in the streets of L.A. And to me, that was just my environment. Mm -hmm. It was normal. It, It was normal for me to see crime left and right through it all. God's protecting me. Right. Um, But in this same normality, my mom kept me in the house of God. Mm. You know, I was there and he was present. Mm-hmm. I knew his protection was there. I knew there was a trust there. I knew that he was going to get us through this. Mm-hmm. And it was an example of this independent, strong woman of God who her life was an example. Just she continued to seek God. She involved herself in worship. She was a church usher. She mm-hmm. was a, a Sunday school teacher. And I got to see all that firsthand. I was there on, you know, sitting in the chairs, watching my mom on stage minister. I was there for all of it. We would uh, have vigil nights. Does anybody out there know what <laughs> vigil nights are? And so you're praying all night and I would sleep under the benches. You know, I was that kid and I'm sure there was times where I was exhausted and, but it was a norm. Mm -hmm. And I I look back and I just think, praise God for all those wonderful moments. And my kids are now being raised in church and it's a different style. Life church is a different vibe and they're falling in love with it just as much. And 
if and when I don't declare it, but if that time ever comes when maybe the kids rebel a little, I'm going to persist and I'm mm-hmm. going to, we're going to church, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be there and like it or not, because this is the best thing I can do for your soul, yeah. you know, so that is so important to yeah. me. Yeah. And it's not about one church. It's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so as long as it's a Bible teaching church, Mm -hmm. like we are all on board. And it makes me think of Hebrews 10, 25 that talks about to not give up on gathering together. You know, Cindy, you mentioned something about, you know, we're all imperfect. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions that sometimes unbelievers can have about Christians is, oh, the church is just a bunch of hypocrites. And it's like, ah, it's actually worse than that. Yeah, Yeah. we're (laughs) really, really pretty bad people. (laughs) We just have a really good God. Yeah, exactly. And I think both of you would agree with me on this, that yes, of course, there are some churches out there that maybe have wounded and they should, Mm -hmm. maybe they should close their doors because they are not doing things Mm -hmm. the right way. But there's a lot of great churches out there. So Mm -hmm. I would just say to people listening, seek to find a body of believers that that are Mm -hmm. believing and preaching the word of God and helping you to become more like Christ. Right. I think that's key. Many times kiddos and teens don't want to go to church because they're probably not investing in the correct way to your children. So yes, find yourself a church a Bible-based church that is healthy for your children, not mm-hmm. just for you as the adult. Yeah. Right. Let the whole family enjoy yeah. stepping into that building. And then also realizing, just like in a marriage, just like in any family at church, that there has to be grace involved because no one's going to get it right 100% mm-hmm. of the time. So absolutely, Cindy, like you're saying, if there's some kind of abuse happening within the church, mm-hmm. that, I mean, bring that to light, get out, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the most part, we're a, just a willingness always, to keep realigning. Like even my daughter yeah. and I had a little squabble right before she left for school this morning. But right before she left, there were I forgive yous and I love yous and have a great day and hugs. And yeah. it's like, that's what we have to keep doing mm-hmm. over and over again as imperfect people yeah. is be willing to say, I messed up. I didn't get this right. We're going to keep seeking God together. So here's a little side note, or maybe it's just the final thought before we move into the next section. We are humans and we act like humans. So there you go. No. I said to someone recently, I said, oh, so you you were just acting like a human being. And they just kind of laughed. It's like, (laughs) right? So uh, let's give each other grace for acting like humans because we are humans. Yep. So true. Yes. So obviously you were invested in in tremendous ways. How does that influence your passion now to invest in others? Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many young people coming into our campuses, and I think they're just hungry for God right now, mm-hmm. hungry, hungry. And this is a really good time to step in to their lives right mm-hmm. now. They are hurting just as much as we are. And you might just see even a child somewhere. You know, I know we've all crossed those paths where we know someone or a neighbor Um, who's just struggling and maybe God's triggering something in you right now to just step in and just just give a little hope yeah a little bit of love and and let them see what God did in you and just express that love in some way give them a church invite just like my mom found that church invite and speak life into them speak love into them Mm -hmm. Um, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and allow God to use you in some way or another. Get involved in your youth uh, leadership. If you feel like God's calling you, you just do not know when God's using you to invest into the Mm -hmm. next Liz Marin. You don't know. Well, and I think that's key that you're allowing God to use you. So God tells us that it's through his Holy Spirit that he works 
in people and through people to reach others. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I think if I feel insecure or like, who am I? Or maybe let's be honest and call it awkward. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. things just feel awkward. Interactions feel awkward. And you're like, I don't don't want to make this weirder than it is. Mm -hmm. But when we step in and allow him to work, it's not about us. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Exactly. Yeah. Man, Liz, what what a testimony. Yeah. I mean, that's an old school word, but it's just the truth. Yeah. You went through the test. Mm-hmm. You got your money. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have a testimony. Yeah. And a gift to us. Yeah. yeah. So what encouragement you've offered. Um, you did mention earlier you're not a reader. And I just want to say, hey, I'm not either. <laughs> um, I'm a listener. Typically. Audio for the win. Yeah, audio books for the win. Even though sometimes I don't even do a ton of those. But mm-hmm. so there's other ways to have resources. You did mention always playing worship music. Mm-hmm. So maybe tell us some of your favorite groups that you listen to or other things that you <laughs> seem to fill your mind life with. Hack. What Let's... helps you stay focused and walking with Jesus? So like I said, I, I'm a people person and I love to hang out with women of God. Mm. I love... Those are great resources. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's, That's a hu- it's a human feeding me, yeah. like their wisdom and vice versa. You just feed off each other. Get involved with someone, reach out to someone who, you know, is wise beyond, you know, the word and just reach out and allow yourself to be just yourself in front of that person and ask Ask the questions. Ask all the questions. Yeah. So it's like having a human book right in right. front of me. Right. So I, I, I am a big promoter for that. Just get involved with women. If it's one, two, or a group, you're not in this journey alone. Mm. You have to reach out to other people yeah. and and walk this journey with them. And how boring would it be alone? Yeah. No fun. And I'm glad you said that because a lot of times we typically just go to a book or go to a podcast, which mm-hmm. are great. Mm-hmm. They're written by people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By people, I think but... sometimes if we would maybe not be on a screen so much, then mm. it's true. maybe we'd have more time for these sit downs. So that's good. I'm mm-hmm. glad you reminded our, our mm-hmm. listeners to that. All right. You've already shared so much. um, But as we wrap up, will you just leave us with a final word of advice or encouragement? Just whatever it is that you want us Mm -hmm. to know. I mentioned earlier how I did reach out to my mom before the podcast and she so willingly offered her story in more details. And I did ask her, mom, what would you say to all these single parents out there? And she did say, you know, as long as I trusted and I placed my full heart on him, nothing became impossible. Mm. And it reminded me of the verse where it says, for with God, nothing will be impossible in Luke. And that's exactly it. You know, my mom pursued this journey as an independent woman, single, knowing that no matter what came through, nothing, absolutely nothing that the enemy tried to throw at her and me. See, I was not that accident. I was not, you know, a defeat. Mm. Nothing, nothing brought us down because with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. That'll preach all day long, girl. Thanks so much. You're amazing. Thank you. Well, if it's not too strong, we just have to tell you, we love you. We are so thankful for you. So thankful that you joined us in this space. And by the way, if you have never taken a second to subscribe, it is so easy. It's free. It makes everything accessible with the click of a button. You can do that via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. 
We'd also love to connect with you on Instagram at the Messy Table Podcast. And finally, if you are willing, text this episode to a single mom in your life or send it to a friend who cannot comprehend how God could ever bring beauty out of the ashes she is currently experiencing. Or share it on social media. Leave a review for us in Apple Podcasts. All of these things are little ways to spread a lot of hope. And as you head into your week, don't forget that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess. Mm-hmm.